if Vince McMahon was on, on, on the ball, he would have totally, he should have totally kayfaved it. He should have got well, like Stephanie the call because yeah, he would have got Stephanie or somebody to answer the phone. Like, not, not, we can't talk now, Donald. Something terrible has happened, and then hang up the phone. God, that would have been fucking hilarious. If I, if I go on Twitter tomorrow and I see that you know you've posted a video where it's like you've been exploded inside a car, I'm not going to be asking Dylan, "Are you okay?" I'm going to be like, "Dylan's dead." That, <laughs> right, that's yeah, it. Because right. <laughs> like, you're inside that's an exploding car, like. <laughs> Yeah, like, is he okay? I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> hey, guess what? It's time for making kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Welcome to Making Kayfabe, the podcast that answers pro wrestling's most commonly asked question, what if? My name is Bryce. I'm joined by my friend Dylan. And Dylan, we've made it to season two. How are you doing? I'm ecstatic. I didn't never thought I'd I'd see the day where I was I I'd be able to uh, see season two happen. But hey, you know I'm still alive and uh, feeling good about it. Started from the bottom and now we're here, as as they say. Who says that? They they told you. All right. <laughs> but you know, like this is this is um this is actually technically the first not not even technically it is the first episode where we're actually aware of having uh, an actual following, uh, which is pretty cool um like our, our first um for those of you who don't know our, our first day episodes uh, aka uh, season one um, were, were all recorded before we actually launched this thing um mm-hmm. just to kind of see how things would go and but yeah as, as i look now we're sitting at 100 and 120 followers on twitter and some pretty um pretty good feedback so far it's awesome yeah you know we're, we're rising through the ranks of the resting podcasts we're almost at the top baby so close like so close like we're, we're two we're we're two places behind Derek bischoff we can see that brass ring and we are coming for it we're ready to grab it ready mm-hmm. to grab that gra- brass i'm gonna ring, lick but... that brass ring all over hey. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're actually we're, we're getting um we're getting episode suggestions too and um, which uh you know we absolutely want to uh, keep coming so uh, as it happens, um, and you don't know this yet, but a suggestion uh, from one of our listeners, Kaysen, actually plays a part in this episode. Ooh. So, yeah, there you go. So it's something that he's mentioned has, has factors itself into this episode. So, yeah, if, if you're a fan of Making Kayfabe and you've always wondered, you know, what if what if this happens? Tweet us at Making Kayfabe or email us at uh, makingkayfabe at gmail.com. Yeah, especially if your suggestion is related to the best in the world, Viscera. Yeah, dude, we want to hear like all sorts of suggestions and like um, ideas for like the the tombola at the end as well. They're always welcome. Um, oh hell yeah, kayfabe tombola as well. Yeah, yeah, we've not we've not changed the name. We're we're keeping it as kayfabe tombola. I was listening back to the episodes and I'm pretty sure that once we've we've always said like well, let's change the name of this and we never do and it's just yeah. gonna be kayfabe tombola. That's, like, that's just how it is. After episode one, we were like, we're definitely changing the name. And then we just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> nah, it's a good name. Like It, it, it rolls name. off the tongue yeah. like not nicely at all, but it's a, it's a name. But yeah, should should we, uh, should we get into the episodes? Yeah, so you're going to be uh, doing today's episode, yeah? I'm going to be doing today's episode. And uh, yeah, D- Dylan, we're, we're, we're kicking off season two with a bang, literally. Oh. It's time to talk about Vince McMahon's exploding limo from 2007. Oh, it's about time. It's, it's about damn time. It's 13 years in the making, this episode. Is he okay? Do, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I guess we'll find out. Do, I haven't do, do seen you, him. 
I haven't seen him since the accident, so I haven't. I don't know <laughs> Not even once. Say. Yeah. Do, do, do you remember this happening? Do you remember it? I do remember this happening. Not, I mean, that sounds a little bit like I was involved with it. <laughs> oh, I remember <laughs> it happening. I fucking, I was there. I was the one that pressed the button that it caused the ignition. It was me all along, Austin. Um, there we go. No, I do remember this. Um, it wasn't a great idea. <laughs> Let's be honest. It was, like, uh, what yeah. A, it was, it was, but ahead. it's it's one of those things where you're like, I know that the uh, with wrestling you have to have like a suspension of disbelief, you know, which we all go through and we all watch the show and we're all entertained and we can all like kind of, you know, forget about the fact that we all know it's gimmick. We can put that aside just to watch some entertainment. But then whenever you see the legitimate boss of the company uh, get into a limo, which then explodes, which they put on their television show. You feel like maybe that's not real. <laughs> you know, like that one's hard to swallow. Do you remember? Like, I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a famous person who was fooled by this. Like, did, did you ever hear about that? I did hear about this. Somebody phoned up the WWE headquarters to make sure that their friend Vince McMahon was okay and that he wasn't really blown up in a limousine. And as I recall, Do you remember? as I recall, yeah. that man is now currently the president of the United States. <laughs> Donald Trump really thought that his friend Vince McMahon had been blown up in a limo explosion. Like that has actually happened. It was confirmed by I've got a note in this. It was confirmed by Triple H on the Opie and Anthony show. And yeah, like he called his friend just to make sure he's okay. Like like dude, like I saw you. I just saw your fucking car explode. You all right? <laughs> dude, I gotta say, if Vince McMahon was on 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 the ball, he would have totally. He should have totally kayfabed it. He should have well, got like Stephanie to answer because yeah, he would have got Stephanie dead. or somebody to answer the phone. Like, not, not, we can't talk now, Donald. Something terrible has happened, and then hang up the phone. God, that would have been fucking hilarious. If I, if I go on Twitter tomorrow and I see that you know you've posted a video where it's like you've been exploded inside a car, I'm not going to be asking Dylan, are you okay? I'm going to be like, Dylan's dead. That, <laughs> right, that's yeah, it. Because right. <laughs> like, you're inside an exploding car, like. <laughs> yeah like is he okay like i don't think so <laughs> no like, there's, that's the end that's, that is a full stop in the life of Dylan. so but i have a i have prepared some um some kind of okay truth behind the storyline uh, as we know it so so here's a kind of a roundup of what the research i did so in 2007, uh, Vince McMahon, chairman of the WWE and regular on-screen performer, actually wanted to step out of the limelight. So, of course, the irony being that we're 13 years down the line and he's still semi-regularly appearing in WWE TV, most recently to promote SummerSlam 2020, where he said, You'll never see it coming! Before being interrupted by Bray Wyatt in a clown mask. He didn't see but, that coming. Yeah, he didn't see that coming, and yeah, there you go, he, he was right. So, mm-hmm. With that in mind, he, he came up with the idea to kill off his character. So being being Vince McMahon, this couldn't be something low-key. It had mm-hmm. to be a big fucking explosion. So that's what happened. I'll, I'll get into more about that in a bit. But yeah, he entered his limo and it blew up. And that's that's where the show ended. So so there's a couple of interesting like show-worthy things I discovered in my research into this. So I don't know like, if you know this one, Dylan, but... I'm not sure if it's kind of common knowledge um, in the in the wrestling world, but apparently Vince's real-life big brother, Roderick McMahon, was meant to debut on screen at a Vince McMahon memorial episode of Raw. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's news to me. There you go. 
So yeah, it was um, it was confirmed by WWE writer at the time, uh, Court, Court Bauer, uh, mm-hmm. on his uh, the World According to Wrestling podcast. His um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that that was true. Roderick's uh, his first appearance was meant to be um, you know, the week following the limo explosion on on basically a kind of a tribute to Vince McMahon kind of show. And yeah, he, he was apparently meant to be everything that Vince wasn't. He's was meant to be kind, forgiving, like friendly, etc. And he is he's meant to be like an authority figure for a while. Uh, imagine that. I haven't seen that before. Yeah, there you go. Google um, like once you're done, I encourage the folks at home to Google Roderick McMahon. And um, yeah, that's yeah, he's meant to um, he's meant to debut. Like, so yeah, Vince's other brother, Viscera McMahon, was um, fucking furious. But you know, um, but Roderick meant to get a spotlight there. And uh, yeah, what else? There, there was um, there was rumors online at the time as well, um, which were never confirmed about the person behind Vince's explosion being, of all people, Paul London, uh, who was uh, in a tag team with Brian Kendrick at the time. This was because when Vince was doing the old walk of shame down the corridor on that that fateful episode of Raw, uh, you know, past all the superstars, moments before the explosion, Paul London is seen. Uh, he's cracking like a, a big, uh, you know, big Cheshire cat kind of grin. And I looked into that, and like Paul, Paul, Paul London later confirmed in an interview that he had um, no clue what was going on at the time. He wasn't informed what Vince was actually doing. He was just asked to stand in the corridor with, with other superstars and react to him. So he reacted by smiling. But yeah, according to according to Meltzer, it was uh, eventually meant to be Linda McMahon that ultimately blew Vince up. Uh, so, sweet zombie Linda. So yeah, so yeah, she was meant to uh, be the one who um, triggered the explosion. And yeah, but unfortunately, uh, the storyline was cut short and completely abandoned because <laughs> in real life, something very horrible happened involving Chris Benoit. So WWE decided to um, scrap the storyline just immediately. I'm sure everyone listening knows what that horrible thing was. Vince made uh, an appearance on the next, the next, sorry, the next week on Raw. You know, the week after he got killed, um, <laughs> which was the same day the tragedy was actually revealed. So he made a speech saying. Um, Tonight's storyline was uh, to have been the alleged demise of my character, Mr. McMahon. However, in reality, WWE superstar Chris Benoit, his his wife Nancy, and their son Daniel are dead. And then he goes on to say something that he will uh, probably have regretted a few hours later. Tonight will be a three-hour tribute to one of the greatest WWE superstars of all time. Tonight we paid a tribute to Chris Benoit. This was before they found out about the um, the whole uh, the incident. Uh, yeah, the, the incident, yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing that went on there, but yeah, or sort of they say, um, I don't know, like um, there's there's things that have popped up saying that they would have known at the time, um, you know, it's a great um, there's a great episode of the Laps Fan Podcast, and um, where they go into the kind of um everything in detail of the whole Chris Benoit thing, and yeah, there's there's some quite compelling evidence that they did know about, you know, Chris Benoit being the um uh, the suspect in the in the murders, but. Hey, um, that's uh, neither here nor there. It's not what we're here to discuss. So, steering away from Benoit completely, a new storyline was then developed where Vince McMahon learned that he had an illegitimate child. This is in an extremely similar segment on the August 6th Raw where Vince walked past all the superstars in the backstage area, into the parking lot, into the limo, and almost closes the door before Jonathan Coachman stops him, informing him that he is a bastard. Uh, sorry, has a, has a bastard. Apparently, uh, sorry, it's Co- Coachman says, apparently there's another member of the McMahon family running around there somewhere. This was originally meant to be Ken Kennedy, of all people, but eventually ended up being, well, actually, can, can you remember who it ended up being? It was Chris Benoit. It was not Chris Benoit. 
Uh, I believe it was. It was Hornswoggle. It was Hornswoggle. It was fucking Hornswoggle. <sighs> like, what would have been what, better, what, what, Chris Benoit or Hornswoggle? I mean, Benoit. <laughs> he definitely. <laughs> but, you know, I just like. I just hate Hornswoggle. Like, I, I, I don't like. I don't hate the guy. I'm sure he's a very, very nice guy. But like, I, I generally hold the Hornswoggle character like the 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 reason that I stopped kind of watching WWE because like. <sighs> He 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 became like the the cop out for everything. Like he was the he was the illegitimate child. He was the raw general manager. Like the the one that was on the computer for that you know for those year that whole year long saga. He was literally the cruiserweight champion for like ten years. And yeah, I just I never liked Hornswoggle. He, he's, the whole extent of the guy's character is you know haha he's small. He's really small. Look, look yeah. at how funny that is. Like it's a fucking terrible gimmick. And like I'm sure the guy's like way more talented that to, to to play something better than that. But that's just not how things go in the WWE world. So hey, what what can you do? Well, like I I agree with you in that like that whole thing was was very silly, and they did over rely on Hornswoggle like way too much. Like we, yeah. you know, by the end of it, you like, well, whatever happens, it's probably going to be horns. Like that joke got really old really quick. But also, yeah. like, as an Irish man, I find it <laughs> yeah. incre- as as a as a not just an Irish man, but a man from Northern Ireland, right? So finally, one of our boys gets on TV. Fit Finley, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful wrestler from um, Belfast. Well, he's not really from Belfast, but he's close enough. Um, yeah. So he's one of our boys. He's finally on WWE television. And they pull the fucking leprechaun gimmick. He's an Irishman. It's fuck, let's do the leprechaun gimmick. So she, poor Fit Finley, who used to fucking, you know, beat people to a bloody pulp back in the day, is now gurning around with a fucking man pretending to be a leprechaun. I'm like, this yeah, this the, is the my heritage. Bastard. Yeah, just, ah, oh, man. I'm like, why, why, why couldn't you just let Finley be Finley, you know? Yeah. You let that guy yeah, go out there yeah. and just beat the fuck. It's a small sidebar, but there's a match between uh, Fit Finley and William Regal from. Um, I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that match. That's a fucking belter of a match. The one I don't remember from WCW where they just beat the fuck out of each other. They fuck each other up. Like they really like they are stiff. But that's how Finley used to work, and uh, William Regal used yeah. to spar with him. So like just just uh, that's what I want to see. What did I see the other day? Me and my brother watched one on the network. It was Fit Finley versus somebody else from around mm. about that time. So Hornswoggle, of course, got involved near the end. But like for the most part, it was a really stiff fucking like Finley's laying in these beautiful fucking forearms and shit. And I'm like, oh, that's the whole thing. Like you, you hit, hit people hard in safe places is what it's all about. And that's what he did. Yeah, dude, like he his shit like looked really good. It looked like he was killing you. And if he wanted to, he could. But like he was smart enough oh, to yeah. know how to like lay it in, um, you know, snugly, you know. So yeah, that just just wanted to get that off my chest. <laughs> it's about time. About time you got that off your chest. I think like you've got a long way to go before you get a, a proper Northern Ireland superstar. Like I mean, we had to go. I mean, from in Scotland we had to go through the Highlanders. Like remember them? <laughs> yes. Uh, so <laughs> until we got Drew McIntyre, so like your your time will come. So well, um, well we got Seamus and Becky Lynch from the south and Finn Balor is from the south. But, they're, um, they're from the south though. Uh, Killian Dean's from the north as well. Is he actually? Yeah. Right. That's so not too go. bad. Then Killian yeah. Dean's alright. That's super cool as well. He's from Belfast. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, continue with your story. Anyway, so <laughs> how did we get here? So here's the um 
here's the history of what led up to Vince's uh, Cadlamo. So at, at WrestleMania 23, Vince got embarrassed having his head shaved bald by Donald Trump uh, as a result of a match between Bobby Lashley and Umaga. Umanga. Uh, yeah, wrestling's weird. He then won and lost the ECW title to Bobby Lashley, causing further embarrassment. Um, but by the way, sidebar, Vince winning the ECW title was a perfect fu- fucking episode for, for making kayfabe. The Vince McMahon character, d- during this time, it was basically shown as having a, a bit of a kind of depressive episode. Like, not, not much was going his way, and he felt people were turning on him. Uh, so, yeah, in an attempt to get some of his famous ego back, he organises Vince McMahon Appreciation Night on June 11th, 2007. However... It doesn't quite go as planned throughout the show. There's interview segments with um, you know, a number of superstars with their thoughts about Vince McMahon, which were pretty much negative. It's basically guys like Stone Cold and Roddy Piper just ripping into him. But yeah, f- finally at the end of the show, Vince is standing in the ring with the crowd chanting, you suck at him. He exits the ring. He's totally dejected after an evening of hearing negative thoughts about him from you know his employees and his customers. He walks towards the parking lot. Uh, on his walk of shame, the superstars lying in the corridors watching him walk past. Um, and yeah, after what seems like eternity, you know, proper piling on the sympathy for the, the Mr. McMahon character, Vince gets to his limb. He opens the door, he closes it, and fucking kablamo. So, to do, um, kablamo. So, so, to do. Um, to do research for these episodes, I tend to like go back and look at the, the Wrestling Observers and the Figure Four Weeklies from wh- whatever periods I'm reviewing. And like my my favorite line I've ever read about <laughs> about the situation is from um, from Brian Alvarez in the Figure Four Weekly review of the show. So in regards to this segment, he wrote, "And so Vince went to meet God, whom he feuded with in 2006." <laughs> Classic. It's a good callback. Only pro wrestling, but yeah. Um, as I stated earlier, storyline was totally dropped. Nobody knows really how it would have played out, but thank fuck for making kayfabe because I'm here to take a shot at booking the Vince Man limo explosion right here, right now. Are you ready? I am. I want to just quickly say that um, yeah. I really love the idea of Vince McMahon getting tired of his character being on screen and thinking the best way to get out of this <laughs> is to just blow myself up so I never have to worry about this shit again. Like, if, if I was in his position, that is exactly what I would have done. No half measures. Like, no, you know, go, exactly. Go out, go out with a bang, literally. <laughs> yeah, I would have done it like Vince McMahon died today after he uh, after a paragliding accident where he fell into a volcano. I'm like, yep, that's the way I want to go. That sounds like Vince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, here's what I've got. Here, here's how I would book the storyline. And, you know, I think I've done a pretty good job, so... So here we go. So uh, f- first of all, nothing at all changes with how things went down. Vince still gets in a limo. He still gets blown to fuck. That's perfect. And that's, uh, you know, what we're going to be building the story from. So, yeah, if, if you have any questions during the stone, just just fire on in. So I have one so question. One or I have one oh, question. Fuck's sake. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> go for it. So the limo stuff still happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he still, he still so like, goes into the limo. He does the walk of shame. He does all the thing. And yeah. he gets exploded in the limo. So Vincent Man is dead. Like so, he, the character is dead. Okay. So that all happens. The Benoit yeah. stuff, that doesn't happen. <laughs> right? I'm not I'm not factoring Benoit killing his family into this. No, I'm not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> okay, it's just making So 
for the first week. So the first week on Raw. So uh, the, the most notable thing that happens is a tribute to Vince McMahon. So like like I mentioned earlier, this was genuinely planned um, with an appearance of uh, McMahon's brother, Zamorin, uh, the loss of his brother. But yeah, we, we don't see Roderick again. It's a one-time shot. Maybe another episode if we can focus on Roderick McMahon. But but yeah, the, the interview, the, the current roster of superstars about Vince McMahon, there's a big contrast to last week's episode where some of these um, superstars were tearing him a new asshole uh, you know saying how horrible a person he was now they're now they're more focused on saying you know what a visionary he was like how how he changed the face of professional wrestling etc and yeah they're, they're treating it as legit and um, which uh, ultimately uh, that was the plan there's tears especially from those close to events like shane stephanie triple h etc shane mcmahon's interview about his father is actually the final segment of the show so during the interview he, he, he retells some interesting stories and shares memories about his father, all that kind of stuff. But then he goes to claim that he will find out who did this. So Shane is going to get to the bottom of who killed his dad. He has a feeling that it has to be somebody connected with WWE. And Shane knows his dad better than anyone, so we'll know exactly where to look. So, week two. Shane McMahon comes out and he announces that he's hired a team of private investigators to find the person who killed his father. So no stone will be left unturned. Every member of the roster will be investigated and then he will find answers. So, so yeah, it basically kicks off, uh, you know, these kind of mini segments you see. So it's like an investigative interviews. So they start off with people who, you know, have recently maybe had a bone to pick with Vince McMahon or have recently feuded with him. So notably Bobby Lashley. Who, who was the reason that Vince's head got shaved that year, and he was the one who beat Vince for the ECW title, which is just weird to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God, poor, poor Paul Heyman. But yeah, he's um, Bobby Lash is interviewed, uh, and you know, as he seems like the main suspect at this time, also interviewed are Shawn Michaels and Triple H, who Vince uh, you know, feuded with previously before Lashley. So yeah, he, he really is leaving no stone unturned. He's interviewing his own brother-in-law uh, into the death of his, uh, his father. So they, they even bring in some of the superstars who WWE had um, recently released that year. So I found a, I found a huge list of uh, WWE releases in 2007. But to, to pick out a few that released superstars, we, we had like Crime Time, we had uh, Chris Masters, we had Rene Dupree, we had uh, Paul Heyman, we had Sandman, we had uh, Booker T, like loads, like loads and loads and loads and loads and loads. So the, the, the thinking basically being that um, perhaps a, a recently released superstar had some sour grapes and, you know, decided to take it out on Vince McMahon with some C4. Mm-hmm. So... Shane, uh, he says he's interviewed a lot of potential suspects today, and unfortunately, there's no clue. There's no clue to catch in their man. So they all had plausible alibis. So the investigation will continue next week, and Shane will interview the whole active roster. So yeah, Shane. Shane also announces that he is now taking control of Raw, taking over from Vince McMahon. So he will act as general manager until the investigation is complete. So, in week three. Shane's in charge. He's not only in charge of the investigation now, he's in charge of Monday Night Raw. So the interviews continue. Throughout the night, we see clips of uh, various WWE superstars knocking on the door of Shane McMahon's office and going in to be like interrogated by these private investigators. But here, here's where it starts to get a wee bit peculiar. So without explanation, Shane books two very strange matches this night. He books a couple of handicap matches. Randy Orton versus Lance Cage and Trevor Murdoch, and Ken Kennedy versus Paul London and Brian Kendrick. 
So both Orton and Kennedy, they managed to win their matches, but the, the announcers start to speculate, you know, why why they were put in such a, a weird position, a strange position. You know, they suggest that maybe Shane is narrowing in on who killed his father. You know, could it be Randy Orton? Could it be Ken Kennedy? Who knows? So the mystery continues as as we cut backstage later in the night uh, to Randy Orton uh, flat out on the concrete ground. He's had the shit kicked out of him. Um, there's lots of blood. There's, um, you know, we, we, they, they could get away with that at the time because it was, um, you know, pre pre PG era. Nobody knows who did it. Who beat up Randy Orton? Uh, medical personnel surround Randy as he's whisked away to the hospital. Also later in the night, Ken Kennedy is interviewed with his thoughts on his handicap match. So he has nothing to say to the interviewer, uh, which is a first for the character because he usually has a lot to say. Uh, and instead, he just storms straight towards Shane McMahon's office. And uh, the camera is like, focusing on the door. Uh, Audible shouting is heard from inside from three voices. One is Kennedy's, one is Shane's, and one is somebody else. Uh, the show goes off the air. What do you think so far? Interesting. If it turns out that it's Hornswoggle, I'm going to be very angry. If it turns out what? If it turns out that it was Hornswoggle all along... I'm going to be <laughs> Damn it, you've, ru- you've ruined my story. <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> As if I would do that. Week four. So we're into week four now, and uh, yeah, f- throughout the night, we're, we continue to see various clips of superstars going into Shane's office. The, the investigation's ramped up, basically. We're, see- we're seeing these clips more frequently, which shows you know Shane is trying to find out who killed his father sooner rather than later. So notably, Ken Kennedy is uh, again inexplicably putting a match against both Big Show and the Great Khali. So yeah, he loses the battle against the Giants because you know they're Giants. There's still um there's still no update on Randy Orton's condition uh, after after the brutal assault last week. So the announcers let us know that you know as soon as they hear anything, they're going to report it. Orton does he doesn't appear in the show tonight. Um, he's gone. He's he's nowhere to be found. So back back to the interviews. So we've seen people entering and, and leaving Shane's office all night. Um, you know, all of the superstars are coming out looking fairly normal, um, other than one person in particular at the end of the night. It's our buddy, Ken Kennedy. So Kennedy, he leaves Shane's office. He's got an extremely pissed off expression on his face. He's filmed, you know, briefly kind of walking down the corridor and he's just kind of expressing his anger. He's punching walls. He's, he's kicking those, you know, those, like, random noisy metal rods you see like uh, backstage in WWE shows like Mm -hmm. why are they there but you know he's kicking them and they make a loud noise and it's uh, very dramatic and um, basically Ken Kennedy's pissed off about something so the show ends and then we move on to move on to week five so yeah in week five this is where it really starts to ramp up so Shane announces in week five that he thinks he's got his man he claims to have you know police officers on their way to the building, and uh, they should be here to arrest the suspect by the end of the show. So yeah, of course, wrestling. Um, the police would probably come right away in real life, but you know, where's the um, <laughs> yeah, where's they the got <laughs> They're watching the wait show too. They've got to wait for their segment, you know. <laughs> the police are watching the show too. They're like, yeah, yeah, we could arrest the guy, but there's a Shawn Michaels match on in like 20 minutes. I really want to <laughs> see that, you know. That's exactly what happens. So, um, at, at this point, Shawn Michaels has actually been cleared from the investigation. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's 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 in the clear. He's okay. Other than that, it is a fairly regular show. So, yeah, Shawn Michaels versus whoever. Um, aside from the whole kind of looming, you know, um, 
whodunit storyline uh, that's kind of unraveling before our eyes. So, so here's where the shit gets crazy. Okay. In the main event of the show, that there's a match between Ken Kennedy and like I've not got a name here. So some upper carder, uh, upper mid carder. So yeah, Shawn Michaels. Shot. Fuck it, Shawn Michaels, why not? <laughs> so it's Ken Kennedy versus Shawn Michaels. Uh, and uh, it starts off like your standard like WWE Raw main event, you know. But halfway through the match, armed police run down the ramp with handcuffs and arrest Ken Kennedy in the middle of the ring. So literally, he's been arrested in the middle of a match. So he's dragged away and Shawn Michaels wins via countout or arrest or yeah, I don't know, that, that, whatever. And yeah, the announcers are they're going crazy. Ken Kennedy is going to jail. Is he the man that killed Vince McMahon? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, this Okay, I'm digging it so far. I mean, like, if this was a real WWE, like, they're so telegraphed with everything that I feel like there's a swerve coming. You know what I mean? I feel like the answer can't just be that Ken Kennedy is the the killer. There's got to be something coming up here, you know? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe something comes up here. Maybe, maybe Ken Kennedy's the killer. Who knows? That we don't know at this stage. Let's. Uh, all right. Let, let, let's move into the um, the the um, the conclusion of this storyline, where where it all kind of wraps up and every every answer is. Um, yeah, it, not, nothing is left unanswered, basically. Week six, we find out at the top of the show that Ken Kennedy has been arrested on suspicion of murdering Vince McMahon. So he mm. is now in jail. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Raw continues as normal for the night. Um, you know, normal storylines, normal segments, normal matches involving Shawn Michaels. Why not? Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Why wouldn't you put Shawn Michaels on your show? He's the best one. He's Shawn Michaels, exactly. Like, so you, you would. It's, like, it's a normal show. That, that's until the main event, uh, the show where, where Shane McMahon he comes out to officially close the investigation uh, on, on the murder of Vince McMahon. So, so, so Shane comes out to give his official statement. It's, um, it's just him in the ring, and he, he says something like uh, something like this. So he says. After a long and strenuous investigation, myself and the private investigators I hired have concluded that it was Ken Kennedy who rigged my father's limousine to explode almost two months ago. Though it was horrifying to learn about the true fate of my father, I do feel as though a massive weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Now I can mourn in peace, which I plan to do as soon as the show ends tonight. With immediate effect, I'm stepping down as Raw General Manager and will be handing over uh, control of WWE Raw to... Hornswoggle. And then Ken Kennedy. <laughs> Hornswoggle! Uh, no, not Hornswoggle. Oh, thank God. Ken Kennedy's entrance music hits. The fans don't know how to react. Why, why is Ken Kennedy here? You know, Ke- Kennedy makes his way down to the ring, grabs a microphone to have a nice little conversation with Shane, who is baffled. Uh, so Shane, Shane speaks first. So Shane says, you know, you're meant to be in jail. You know, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> Ken- Kennedy replies. He says... I made it out on bail. They didn't have sufficient evidence to keep me locked up. So the first thing I did was buy tickets to the show tonight so I could come down here, confront you, and tell everybody the actual truth of the situation. Uh-oh. So Shane looks utterly horrified. He's like, you know, the actual truth? What, what, what could he mean, you know? Uh, you know, Kennedy is about, to, he's about to, to speak the truth he promised, but suddenly Kennedy is interrupted by somebody else. 
So somebody with, with a broken voice, you know, who's shouting kind of like maniacally at the top of their lungs, uh, interrupts Ken Kennedy, and they say, "I can't take it. It was me." So the cameras are like frantically panning around, trying to figure out the source of the voice. Source of this like broken, maniacal voice, and you know who it is? It's Paul London. Paul London appears on the stage. So the, the camera switched to Shane, whose whose level of like horrified have um you know drastic gone up. Shane addresses Paul London, who's freaking out at the top of the stage. He says, he says, now Paul, um, you know that's a that's a funny joke. Uh, I don't think it really was you. It was it was Mr. Kennedy here. There's <laughs> evidence to say so. So Paul Paul replies, he he, he it looks like shit. You know he, he's um you know he he looks like he's not slept in weeks. That kind of thing. Uh, his voice is growing like more and more frantic. So Paul London says, it was it was me. I planted the explosives and Shane interrupts him like sternly saying, it wasn't you, Paul. It wasn't you. Uh, so yeah, now Paul London's like completely out of control. He's he's not listening to anything that's being said. Um, so in a speech that turns everything on its head, he reveals and he says this. He says, "I planted the explosives in Vince McMahon's limousine, but it was Shane McMahon that put me up to it." Ooh. He, even had, he even had me take out Randy Orton last week because he had reason to believe that Randy saw me planting the C4. He's been helping me cover up uh, this whole time, but I can't take it anymore. So Shane's Shane's extremely pissed off uh, in the ring. He's been found out. He's he's been he's been uh, rumbled. Ken Kennedy he now has a microphone, so it's very important what Ken Kennedy says here. So he says, "Well, well, well. I knew you had something to do with it, Shane, but I, ha- I I at least gave you some credit. I thought you'd had the balls to do it yourself. While we're dropping bombs here, pardon the pun." I think this is a good time as any for me to review why Shane McMahon was behind the assassination of his own father and why he was targeting me, of all people. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ken Kennedy. You all know that. But you don't know that Kennedy isn't my last name. It's my middle name. And I've tried to keep this up for a secret as long as I can, but now I've been forced to let the world know that my full name is Kenneth Kennedy McMahon. <gasps> that may be a shock to these people, and trust me, it's something I wanted to keep to myself because I never wanted special treatment. But I know it's not a shock to you anymore, Shane. I'm sure you didn't know about it until very recently. My dad, he kept it very secretive, but it's clear you found out somehow because you based his whole investigation around framing me for Mr. McMahon's murder because our dad's inheritance... It wasn't split two ways between you and Stephanie. It was split three ways, with the larger part in my favour. You wanted my share, brother, and you knew that framing me for murder and landing me in prison was the only thing that was going to get you it, short of killing me too, which you know I bet crossed your mind at least once or twice, but I've taken extra precautions to keep myself safe. So Kennedy continues, he says, So, what does this mean? Well, it means that you... Go to a freaking mental asylum or something, Paul London, and you, Shane McMahon, you go to jail, brother. <laughs> so yeah, then like much, much like last week, the police officers enter the ring. The, this time, no, they arrest Shane McMahon and Paul London as he as he loses his mind on the entrance ramp. They're both whisked away from the arena, leaving Ken Kennedy McMahon alone in the ring. And that's it. 
that 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 that's that's how I'd book it. So I mean, it, it links um, linking this to kind of real world happenings. Uh, this whole story kind of clears Shane to basically take a long sabbatical to go back to running his company in China or whatever the hell he was doing before he came back as like a sweaty tomato a few years ago. Ken Kennedy goes on to be a main eventer for as long as WWE wants, and uh, with the, with his newly discovered uh, McMahon blood, he can continue being a babyface after this after this review, or he can turn heel and be the you know the absolute embodiment of uh, what Vince McMahon was. Uh, you know, maybe one day he becomes an authority figure, and possibilities are endless. So, um, I was also. I was also thinking that you know Paul London eventually is a you know released from the mental asylum and becomes this character with a little bit of a psychopathic edge. Uh, you know, did you ever watch Lucha Underground? Did you see Paul London in Lucha Underground? No. He's basically got this. Uh, he's in this faction with them. Um, it's a really weird faction. There's like, there's like a rabbit. There's like a whole lot of shit going on. But he's got this like new kind of psychopathic character. He's almost like a. Uh, I'm trying to think what it is like a, a jester kind of thing almost i suppose but but it's, it's really cool and it shows a guy can play a character but yeah like eventually like brian kendrick had quite a drastic gimmick change in real life too where he became mm-hmm. the brian kendrick so yeah make him make him and kendrick like the modern day like champo and gargana um or sorry not 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 modern day but you know um you know what i mean but I do. um that that's it what, what do you think I dig it like i like the way you were able to tie together a lot of those storylines that kind of had unsatisfying endings like the limo wreck but also the you know who is mr mcmahon's illegitimate son like yeah i like how you were t- able and working in shane mcmahon leaving the company as well but you kind of took all those like dangling threads and you were able to um uh, sew them together into a lovely jumper that's it that's it and yeah i I really enjoyed i really enjoyed writing it it was um yeah like, like i said it was um a fan suggestion that led me to to some of this the fan uh Kaysen, um who uh, actually suggested we do an episode uh, based around ken kennedy um huh. you know we had a, a little chat with him and he was talking about you know ken kennedy um being meant to be vincent man's illegitimate son and i was like that's fucking perfect like let's go for it so um, so yeah that there we go so thanks Kaysen. but yeah that's that's um that's the story so um, I yeah we that's, hey, that's further, that's further proof that uh, you know we are we're totally willing to listen to some suggestions and stuff because you never know what'll make it onto the show. Exactly, like bring bring your suggestions to us and we'll do what we can with them, like and try and make a try and make a good storyline out of them. So, uh, have you got anything else to add for for that story? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was uh, pretty. Like I said, I think it was a really good way to kind of tie some stuff together. The only real question I have. Um, which you uh, you might not know the answer to, is that um, does whenever this incident happens with Paul London, is this during his run with the tag belts on Kendrick, or was that before this? I believe that was um, I believe that was after actually, um, but oh. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But I don't believe he was tag team champion. He was teaming with Kendrick at the time, definitely. But I don't believe he was tag team champion. Um, I believe that was Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch, but I might be wrong. So. Um, do not quote me on that. Okay, because that that tag team run was awesome. That so, that would they had tags for a long time, right? If if it came if it happened after that, maybe the the guys at the mental hospital could let him out to wrestle, and then you know yeah. he defends his belt and then they put him back in. I don't know how it works. It's probably like an open door policy, you know. 
Just come on in at night. Future episode of making give it. I'll do. <laughs> well, I don't want to spoil next week's show. But... <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Are you saying it's an open door policy, man? Or Island? I just yeah. say. I... <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to Tesco and get some, some get some sandwiches or something like go for it man it's fine just make sure you're back in 20 minutes like yeah just walk in and I you know like where are you going like I'm just gonna go get some drugs I'm like all right 20 minutes you know yeah I'm just gonna go buy a knife all right kill 20 minutes fine yeah no just so long as you don't kill anybody with the knife you're you work away you know exactly like, do what you want you're only a mental patient you know it's um yeah but <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, this is a good start to the series, isn't it? Yeah, it's a perfect start to the series. Starting as as I said, starting it with a bang. So, mm-hmm. um, with a starting it with an exploding limousine. So, you you know what it's time for now? What what could it possibly be time for now, Bryce? It can be possibly time for kayfabe tombola. Yeah, we're sticking with the MK Fair Tombola, and that that is now a thing. So yeah, if this is your if this is your first time listening to the show, here's how we do K Fair Tombola. So in my hand, I have a well, not in my hand on 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 my screen in front of me, I have um, four names and four situations, uh, numbered one to four and lettered A to D. Uh, since I'm hosting this week, so Dylan will be asked to choose a number letter combination such as three A or two C. And then he'll be given a, a 60 seconds uh, to come up with a storyline for whatever situation he is given. So, Dylan, I do mm. like the way you do this, actually. So we're going to stick with your way of doing it. Can you please give me your best number letter combination? I kind of want to go 1A. You know, Ooh. just stick top top of the boards, just like first, first picks, you know. All right. I'd- I don't like the way you went, ooh, it makes me feel ooh. like I'm in for a troubling minute of uh, improv right here. I'll tell you what you could have had. Uh-oh. So for characters, you could have had Christopher Daniels. Mm-hmm. You could have had Goldust. Okay. You could have had William Regal. Oh, no. Did I get Viscera? But, <laughs> but who you actually got was Sabu. Sabu, okay. Sabu from ECW. So. Is it is it Viscera pretending to be Sabu? Because that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's not Viscera in a Sabu mask. Oh my god, uh, that's my new next episode of Making Kayfabe, is Viscera turning into Sabu. That's fucking great. It writes itself. Right? Oh. But um, you chose, it was 1A, right? Yes. So the situations you could have had were as discovered via DNA test to be an estranged Dudley. Okay. Uh, what also you could have had is starts a campaign to stop the Canadian Destroyer being used in every single match <laughs> ever. Can I really do that for real? <laughs> or, or like You've the, not chosen it. Suicide dive to the outside, you know. Um, <laughs> fucking every match, man. It's every single match. Like honestly, is like everyone's using it. Uh, you also could have had uh, feuds with Damien Sandow to find out who the real intellectual saviour of the masses is. But okay. you know what you got, Dylan? You know yeah. what you chose as 1A for Sabu? Please tell me. You chose Sabu forms a tag team with God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Literally. So are, are, are you ready? You ready? I can start the timer if you want. Do you have a you have a timer there? I've got a timer right in front of me right now. And I have I have one minute, right? One whole minute. Sixty sixty whole seconds. Okay. Not a second longer. Alright. Are you ready? Yes. Alright. Sabu 
Bombs attack team with God. And three, two, one, go. So Sabu has a bit of a reputation for being kind of an asshole backstage. And Shawn Michaels used to have that kind of reputation too. But now he's found God. So Sabu comes up to Shawn Michaels and is like, hey, dude, I need to get a better backstage reputation. Uh, you will love God, right? And Shawn Michaels is like, love him. I tagged him with him. And then Sabu's like, I'd love to have a tag team with God. Is there any way that maybe you can introduce me to God? And Shawn Michaels is like, he's in, he's in your heart the entire time. And and so Sabu is like, I don't know, I don't understand what that means. But Shawn Michaels is like, listen, man, you gotta trust in God. I'll help you. So Shawn Michaels and Sabu start teaming together in order to get Sabu ready for a teaming with God because Shawn Michaels is as close to God as we're ever gonna get. So. Eventually, one day, Shawn Michaels goes, all right, here's the deal. We're going to announce you are going to form a team of God. You're going to walk out there, and you're going to believe in all your heart, God dang it, that God's going to be right Ten there in seconds. your corner. Ten seconds. So then Sabu goes out there, and he's like, I believe God's on my side. And then he gets his ass kicked because God isn't the team. God's not there. Um, but in his heart, Time he up. believes. So. Time up. <laughs> you can't get closer to Shawn Michaels than God. You can't, you can't get closer to God than Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I... Is it, you know, is that incorrect? I don't know, is it? I don't know. He's, maybe. he's pretty good. Uh, maybe, maybe you're right. I think he's pretty but you good. You know what? You know, one thing, one thing I was just thinking when you when you were going through your, your kind of spiel there, like, what what's Sabu's taunt? Oh, he points at, okay. <laughs> he points at the sky, right? What, how, how could you miss that out? That's like the most obvious thing in the world. Uh, 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 do you know, you're, you're, on, you're on the spot, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's tense. Like, I, I've been kayfed on board a few times, and it's very, very tense. So yeah, I, I think know I what you still, mean. I think I still got away with it, though. You know, I liked it. I, I like the tag team with God. I like how he goes to Shawn Michaels first. You know, God's only ever tag team partner, so exactly. it makes sense. You know, you know, that was a good one. I like that. There we go. That's a good. That's a good episode. Take kayfed on board. So. I think that's uh, that's that's the end of the episode, my friend. Um, so it's time to it's time to plug our shit. Uh, so don't don't go turn off the podcast yet because we want you to follow us and tweet us at Making Kayfabe on Twitter. Did you enjoy the show? Did you have better ideas? Is the idea of Ken Kennedy being Mr. McMahon's son just too far fetched for you? You know, maybe your feedback extends beyond Twitter's character limits. In, in, in which case, you should send us an email at makingkayfabe at gmail.com give us your feedback give us your suggestions for future episodes and, and you know and, and everything in between and please review us on itunes uh, or wherever you listen to podcasts it will take a minute of your time and it, it really does help our podcast grow like like i said at the top of the episode like at one point recently we were actually literally two places behind eric bischoff's 83 weeks podcast so like, which has like so many listeners so help us beat him review our show <laughs> listen to our show download our show um yeah. you know make love to our show just just do everything with our show touch and, the uh, show yeah, yeah. yeah t- dude yeah all, all the things all mm-hmm. the things so as for as for now uh, my name is bryce his name is dylan and uh, this has been making kayfabe goodbye friends